Behind every interesting person is a great story. This is Person of Interest with Natalie Jones. Like when we turn the mic on, on, mm-hmm. and then we start recording, then I'm like, oh my god, hi, welcome to the Person of well, Interest. Don't do that. With Natalie Jones. I feel like I feel it's different, but I already said a lot of things I don't want anybody else to know. <laughs> no. no, not at all. Yeah. Did you think that you would get here in life, where you are now, or that your life would be anything like this? I mean, at my age, would I be a morning radio DJ in Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. with an 18-year-old special needs child, mm-hmm. divorced, living on an organic farm with <laughs> my parents moving in next door to <gasps> they me? They are? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Is that oh, part yeah. of the original plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. I know. It's 10 feet away. I have not lived in that close proximity to my parents since I was 18 years old. I cannot wait yeah. to do a series of podcasts about this. That's going to be, be interesting. an opportunity for growth in yeah. itself. Yeah, because you have a very close relationship with your mother, especially right now. Oh, yeah. So Mom and dad, yeah. You, you know what's like really being up in each other's space is like. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah. As you said to me, um, uh, what is it? Learn all the lessons of unconditional love. They're very good teachers. <laughs> so very, very true. So do you have any pointers for me there in that arena? <laughs> yes. Okay. For, you know, for real, I yeah. feel like I cannot give you any advice. <laughs> Patience. True. And I'm sure when you when you reapproach when you reapproach situations with your parents mm-hmm. for, um, that you'll get in just with living in that cr- close proximity, you have a really, at least what I experience is. A natural breath of fresh air because you're a different person who is wiser now, who has mm-hmm. had more life experience, mm-hmm. and you see it in a totally different perspective, and the roles will naturally reverse. And once you accept the role reversal, it's As much easier. As the caretaker easier. is yeah. opposed to being the one yeah. taken care of. And mm-hmm. you just own it, and then it's much, much, much easier, and you're a natural caregiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> some would debate <laughs> how good I am at that. But, you know, the the piece of that that I, well, first to answer your question, no, I would not have ever pictured. I don't think I ever really knew what I, I just knew how I would, you know, wait, now let me rethink that. Because I can't say that I ever really knew where I would be. I had like this overarching theme of on a stage somewhere doing something yeah. in front of people, you know, that, that, Yeah. But it was like it was more about the feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel comfortable. I wanted to be loved and to love the people around me to enjoy my time, have a lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of adventure, laugh as much as humanly possible, uh, relax, go with the flow, Mm -hmm. Fearless abandonment kind of stuff, you know, yeah. that that all just that's where I always dreamed that I I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, I think you're pretty close. I'm working on it, though. You you know? It's pretty incredible. Uh, I actually I I would not say that I'm fearless. I still experience fear in a lot of different ways. The difference now between 10 years ago or 15 years ago is I've acquired tools that will help me get out of fear faster. Mm-hmm. So it's still there. It still hits. It, it's dependent on me how long it chooses to hang out. Yeah. I recently, someone um, sent me a meme recently of Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And it's him, like, from when he, throughout the years. And in every single picture, the common theme is he does not give a Uh, And I was like, the ultimate, that is the ultimate, whether it's good or bad, you know, I like care more about health than he does, but he just like, he doesn't care. Yeah. He does not care. He runs, he runs whatever situation he's in, or at least himself within it. Yeah. And I'm like, that is goals for sure. Yeah. I wonder what does cause him to give a fuck though. You know, there has to, there has, I mean, come on, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you got a kid, you got a parent, you got a. Uh, you got a society that's really fucked up. I mean, at what point do you start to care? Where it, Where is that line between? I'm not going to give a fuck about mm-hmm. what people think about me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to make 
the decisions in my life and the choices in my life dependent upon what other people think I should be or think I should do or think I should have. You know, how do I f- how do I follow my inner guidance and not place anybody else in harm? Yeah. Okay. Where is that line? And then I see some really fucked up shit going on in the world. And when do I step up and, and decide to help change the narrative? Yeah. And change other people's experiences that, yeah, I'm I'm safe and secure and happy and strong. And how do I help those people who aren't able to help themselves be that? Wow, I think Don't you... I have some kind of responsibility there in that? Mm. Do you think you have some sort of responsibility? Yes, I do. Yeah. I abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly what it is, you know, I, I try not to ask that question too often because then I'll just get caught up in <laughs> all of the things. All of the different possibilities yeah. when, you know, that's, you know, when, when you pound the same question over and over in your brain, you've taken yourself out of the space where the answer can be found. Yes. Because you beat the drum of the problem. And you got it. Well, and even in that, I feel like, how do you know if you don't experience things? Mm -hmm. Like, I came into this job later, and I, that, that question you're talking about controlled my life until I got this job. I mean, it's what brought me home. I was always, I mean, I've had done so many different things because I just needed to find the perfect thing that was my calling and I felt this responsibility that like I have these skills that or that I was born with and I want to use them for good how can I do that you know <laughs> uh and then the more you learn about the world and how many people need help and then you get all like wrapped up into it too at least I did as a young 20 something 30 it's easy to do because there's so many options yeah and you just you got to pick one and run with it and then see if that works and if not then keep going with it Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm I'm trying to just be guided by my passions. It's like, okay, what, you know, what do I what what do I have to offer the world? And I'm like, well, it's very just the basic skill of talking. Mhm. Which is huge. It's is, you know, I there might be something I can do with that. <laughs> do you find yourself like um when you said how, where's the line? Do you feel I sometimes I feel like it's um when you get out of harmony with yourself? And when you're making decisions that you know, or things that, that there there are things that you know, as we were talking about before, things you don't, the things you do that you don't want to do, then there are some things that just are red flags that just hit you when they're wrong. Give me an example. Um, oh God, like the first. Uh... Just say it. Okay. <laughs> well, a boyfriend many moons ago hit me in the face. Okay. And I didn't know what to do. I did as most people did. I like empathized with with the with him and was like, I understand. It's not a big deal. But that's wrong. Like really, really wrong. And I didn't really know what to do. And of course, I mean like I didn't really know what to do, but like I knew that I was already questionable about the situation and I empathize a lot, try to be compassionate, but I knew that that is like that is wrong. That mm-hmm. there's nothing, no part of my being agrees with that type of behavior. And I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's one isolated situation. Okay. You know? And so what kind of clarity did you, you the clarity you got out of that situation was? <laughs> to leave that situation and I don't want to be around people who do things like that. Okay. And I collected all of the, <laughs> all of the things that I don't really know that I, yeah, you know? Like, oh, hold on. So I think I'm answering this incorrectly. Is it one isolated situation or like littering, for instance? Okay. Okay. Like littering and destroying the planet. It's hard, isn't it? Yes, and racism makes me like so irate, so irate at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. I cannot tolerate anyone who uh, willingly takes part in those behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's because you you are ruining for the greater good of the world. Like, yeah, and aren't all those behaviors willingly? Yes, every single one of them because yes. it's a choice. Yes, everyone has a choice mm-hmm. in every moment to think differently and do differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, it sucks to know you have that power sometimes, doesn't it? Because yes. it feels like a huge freaking responsibility. Yeah. is it, it? It's just so much easier to blame other people for your pain. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> you did this to me. Feels so much better than you did something, and now I'm doing all of this that's happening to me, to myself. Oh, my God. I definitely feel like just recently I've been liberated by realizing that I've have been blaming people for a long time. 
Oh, honey, you're going to blame people every day of your life until you are fully enlightened and awakened. And the odds of that actually happening during this lifetime are very slim. Gosh. (laughs) Like, set it, set it, like... Facts. Thank you. Like, you well, that what? makes me feel better. Well, you know what? It should, though. I mean, that takes the pressure off because you don't have a deadline to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, do you, you get up, you do the best that you can every day to be the human that you want to be, which, you know, all of us deep down, don't we just want to be loving and kind yes. and, and loved and love, 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 love. It's just love. Mm-hmm. All you need is love. It's true. You know, love is all you need. Yeah. So, you know, you figure out how to do that. Just a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. And before you know it, all of a sudden you have like days on end where you have nothing but really happy, loving, fun experiences. (laughs) And then it really feels like shit when you have a moment that isn't. Yes. And you notice it because it's so dramatically different. Yes. And then you can fix it. Is it hard for you to have really awesome, amazing, um, loving days in your day-to-day life? As an outsider, I know you talk about this a lot. Um, I think that it must be really hard um, in with your life with Jacob, and it must be, do you ever feel like um, that some of your life was, was, I hate to say the word taken, but like so, like some of some opportunities that you might have had, don't, do you ever get resentful? You know... Um, not very often anymore. I think a lot early on. See, I was never really quite sure that I would ever be a mom. I, I re- mm. you know, I'd been told very, very young that I couldn't. Or if I were to get pregnant, that it would be a very complicated, long, painful, uncomfortable situation to get me there. Oh. Now, when I um, found out I was pregnant... I was in an unhealthy marriage. It's mm-hmm. not good. And I was planning my way out. And then I find out I'm pregnant <laughs> with a baby that I'm never supposed to be able to have. Yeah. So already it's like, oh God, this is this is a miracle baby. Yeah. We got it. <laughs> and of course that's what the OBGYN said. So at six fifteen weeks, I had emergency surgery, bed rest for six months. It's very it, it was it was trauma. It was a trauma. It just was. You know, yeah. it was very Um, a type, it was a type of trauma and the childbirth and then the next few years and then the autism diagnosis. I mean, I completely lost everything that I thought defined my life. It was just gone. It's like, I saw myself as this fun party girl with lots of friends and social engagements and going, going, going all the time, having fun with her hair and her makeup and her shoe collection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, it was a very fun, um, I don't want to say superficial, but definitely materialistic, consumerismistic Mm -hmm. (laughs) lifestyle. Yeah. But that's how I had defined myself up until that point, because I had had no experiences that were ever going to guide me to anything different. Yeah. So here was my experience to guide me to something very, very different. And it was uncomfortable, you know, and it has been uncomfortable. Um, A lot of time, Jacob's 18 now. Congratulations. Thank you. Just graduated high school. It was really cool. But I don't, I don't, I never resented, I don't think, I can't remember ever feeling resentment directly toward him mm-hmm. it was more resentment uh, yeah i mean, I mean yeah speak, like that, that speaks volumes of your character yeah well i mean but no i i will gleefully hold on to resentment toward other people yeah <laughs> <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as i stand in my self-righteous indignation that i enjoy so much uh <laughs> but yeah no it was always the situation because i knew i i knew he was innocent in it it was always mm-hmm. one of those like you know well i i resented all of the things that I felt I didn't have any control of that could have contributed to this condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was, there was, you know, laundry lists of potentials there to be resentful toward. But now I just really, each little step along the way and each little resentment that I overcame and, and worked through and understood, and I had to understand it first before I could work through it, softened me more and softened me more and and 
led me into this place of gratitude that, um, you know, the, the hits of resentment will still come. They come less often. And when they do, it's, it's, I'm able to spot it. Can you share quickly. an example? Okay, do you feel comfortable? Uh, let me think if I can come up with a recent one. Um, you know, here would be a simple one um, that I think any parent could relate to. <laughs> We're at home. I'm trying to get something done that I really, really want to get done, whether it's finish reading this chapter of this book or watching the rest of this show. And I just don't have, you know, I just don't have the peace and the quiet. Yeah. You know, he barges in and needs me for something. He either needs me for something or wants to have a conversation about something that really, you know, it's most likely the exact same conversation I've already had with him a hundred times because that's part of the autism is, you know, we have yeah. this, you know, so it's a rote routine that he and I have. Um, and it can, you know, it'll, oh, it's like, God, I can't even get, you know, can I just, is it, is it that hard for me to have this 10 minutes? Haven't I earned these 10 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, it's just, ah! and then it's like, and then I just look at him and I look in his eyes and I remember, that I love him more than anything and whatever it is he is whatever he's wanting or needing from me right now is so much more meaningful and mm-hmm. a honor of my soul to participate in that the book or the TV show just seems stupid. Yeah. So God, to be able to I'm so grateful, you know, to be able to do that now. Yeah. He taught me that to be able to have those the the peace and like the and to uh, to to have what like did you not have the gratitude skills before? Is that what you're saying? I didn't ha- I didn't have the ability to love what is in the moment mm. okay. because especially if it appeared to be something that I thought I didn't want. Because yeah. I'm so focused here. I'm so focused on my book. I want to read my book. Just everybody be quiet, you know, and this includes the dog. It's yeah. not just the kid. The dog interrupts a lot, too. <laughs> but I'm sitting there, and I'm reading my book, and I'm just, like, I'm really honed in on it. And I'm When I get focused on something, it's hyper-focused. And mm-hmm. my mind, you know, I'm reading one sentence that brings 20 questions into my mind about that one sentence. So, I mean, I'm in it, and blah, I have this intrusion, which feels like an intrusion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? To be able to let go of the resentment and see the beauty in what is happening in the moment and then having gratitude for not just being able to see that, mm-hmm. but also the gratitude for the moment because it's a beautiful moment. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And what I meant was you, learning the gratitude, that journey for you. Oh, yeah. Was tough. I'm kind of getting. I keep getting. I feel like I'm focusing on the moment so hard. I'm Are you gra- lost. Well, Where gratitude. Did you start? Gratitude must be something important for you right now. Are you struggling with gratitude? Um, no. I honestly don't think that I really. Maybe sometimes I guess, but I think mm. it um kind of controls my life. I have gratitude moments all day. I think about gratitude a lot. Of, um, I have gratitude moments and like bring to tears about it. Yeah. Um, quite often, I'll go into our boss's office a lot. And like I'm so grateful for that I was given the opportunity for so many things recently. Mm-hmm. Everything these experiences with my mom that I'm sharing with everyone and this job and like every day, everything that involves like this moment right here. Like this is so, I'm so lucky. Last night I got to go on a tour of the FC Stadium <laughs> behind the scenes. It was kind of code red. So yeah, I'm not gonna tell you who did it because maybe it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. But um. <laughs> But yeah, just so many, so many moments like that, you know. Yeah, get yeah. overwhelmed by it. Yeah, sometimes I do, yeah. and I love moments like that. It, it happens. You, are you comfortable when that happens? When you're when you're having a moment of gratitude with yeah. someone, and regardless of their comfort level, are you comfortable mm-hmm. with the tears that come? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Why yeah. do you think that is? Uh, because I'm so just overwhelmed and full of happiness that I want to share it. Like I, it happens a lot when I leave yoga especially especially if i'm really meditate a lot but mm-hmm. after yoga definitely and like and i would say um uh, i don't think i've had an experience where somebody was angry with me about it 
if anything, if people didn't share it, they said, I wish I understood to feel that way. That looks joyous. How are you doing that? I'm like, I don't know, years of practice. I spent a lot of time, you know what I mean? Practicing, I really did. I feel uh-huh. like it's something that you think that emotions just come so freely, but in order to be aware of them and to um, and to really, yeah, and to, and to be aware of them is, it takes practice. Yeah. What about you? Which piece? Ooh, that's weird. Which question? Yeah. <laughs> was it being overwhelmed with gratitude and then, well, that, oh, being aware I str- of emotions? I will struggle with it. I will struggle with it. Be- if, if I am sitting in a space with people that I don't feel safe with, mm. then, I, then it's hard. If I'm already sitting in a space where I feel like I'm being um, dismissed or judged, condescended to, I mean, those are three big, huge triggers for me. You know, to the point where I'm really, um, I mean, I got a double whammy going on. I'm trying to get over feeling that way around the people that make me feel that way or that I I don't make, they don't make me feel that. It's 100% on me. I'm choosing to feel that for some pretty damn good reason Mm -hmm. because it's been around for a long time. So figuring out what that reason is and, and trying to, and at the same time, trying to figure out how to create more moments with people that I can be that way around because that's the way I really enjoy being. Yeah. I feel like that's that's hard. And to me, you're just saying that you just want a good group of friends where you're all on the same page and I yeah. can hang out with them all the yep. time. And it's harder. I feel like it's harder. Like I, It's harder to accomplish that or to gather those people. Your tribe, as everybody says, that word is thrown around so much. But I'm like, to have like a real tribe of people is... Top. People have different definitions of tribes, what that means to them. Mm, true. You know, there are some there are some tribes that are very easy to get into because there's only a few criteria to get you in that tribe. Mm-hmm. And then there are tribes where, boy, you are going to need like five PhDs and, <laughs> you know, have studied at a, yeah. with a Tibetan monk for 20 years. And then mm-hmm. you can get in that tribe. Right? <laughs> I feel like just around, like having friends, I feel like you, like now... I mean, maybe I'm late to the game on this, but just stop hanging out with people that aren't um, wholly on your human level that you don't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what qualities would you require in your tribe? Um, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. My, and I love this. Okay. Um, you have to answer it next, okay? <laughs> We're not going to get off topic here. Um, okay, just because when Jen and I talk, she always asks a lot of questions, and it always fe- I always feel like it always just becomes about me, and I'm like, no, this is not how I wanted this to start. No matter who's talking here, it's all about you. You know that, right? And it's all about me. I mean, you, yes. Right. Okay. okay. Um, I would say people that are positive, always positive, always look on the glass half full, people who are grateful, people who try, people who try at life. I feel, because I feel like I try really hard at life, and I try not to complain. I do complain. I have my own issues. But the people who try and try to stay positive and people who understand and are compassionate, that's the most important to me. Yeah. No matter what you're doing, as long as you're being understanding and compassionate and making the best decisions within that space mm-hmm. and still accepting people for who they are. And if you can do that and it fits in your criteria, that's great. There are definitely people that that – I've been around that I give them that grace that I like, oh, I see you, I get it, um, I don't hate you, or I'm not mad at all of these things that you've done that have hurt my, feel- my feelings, I get it, but also, I don't want to choose to have you in my world. Are you talking about a boundary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are, they're, I still struggle nice with those for boundary. sure. What kind but. of qualities in people do you find it hardest to be around when someone is doing or being what? Does your... Oh, selfishness for sure. Yeah. Yeah, people who are selfish and um, people who are in the dark about it and complain and who just live. I think selfishness can mean a whole lot of things. Selfishness can mean you are littering because you're not thinking about anybody else but yourself. Mm-hmm. You're complaining, you're entitled, and you're complaining, and I don't, I don't like any of that. I feel like I before I feel like before I had any boundaries, I'd be like, oh, it's okay, we're all friends, everybody's cool. And I used to always try to get people to come together no matter what I thought about them. I would always just disregard my personal feelings and be like, you're human, you deserve 
companionship. And I'm famous for having the worst parties ever because I would <laughs> just get groups of you random to people together that and it never once went well, <laughs> ever. And it's, there's always, it, it's just. <laughs> yeah. So right back at you. I said that would be a fun party. I'd love to come to one here. So party. many. So freaking many. I am just so fascinated. I love like. I just love watching people and yeah. just, you know, and and I look for the differences, you know. Mm-hmm. I see in them what is the same in me, and yet I appreciate the differences. I find them so much more interesting. Yeah. 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 So, let, hold on, but go, let's go. We're going back to okay. what qualities is your... Um, Would my tribe have to have? Yes. Um, my tri- I, I come from a kind tribe. Mm-hmm. A very loving, accepting, non-judgmental tribe. Open-minded. Oh, yeah, all these things, me too, yeah. Open-minded. I need um, people in my tribe who can hold space. Mm. Because you know what? It and, and this is... Radio trains you. The first thing you learn to do as a person in radio is to describe an entire event that's coming up or a weather report or a a story about someone in Hollywood and do it in under 20 seconds. Yes. Because all you have is to talk up the intro of the song. That's it. Yeah. So I've spent a lot of years trying to say a lot in very few words. Itty bitty living space. And so much is lost in that. True. So... I love being around people who who are able to sit and I like being this person as well. I love being this person that can just sit and listen until they're done. Yes. There's not a need that to That is a skill. It is it is a huge skill. An earned skill. Ugh, it's, it's learned. Earned, learned, it's hard. Holding the space for somebody that has created some of the most beautiful moments of my life because that's when you really get to know somebody mm-hmm. when you give them the opportunity to go deep and sometimes that takes a couple minutes mm-hmm. and to do that you know somebody's got to feel really safe by showing you know because they're showing themselves to you yeah it's the ultimate vulnerability right so to be able to sit with that and listen with an open heart and open mind not try to fix not listen to respond. You're listening to understand. You're not even you. you the, the thought of giving them advice, even when they're done, doesn't even come up because that's not what this is about. Unless they ask for it. What would you do? And even then, in a situation with what would you do, I'm still convinced. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what anybody should do. I'm not them. <sighs> so yeah. that's in my tribe. Holding the space would definitely be in my tribe. I learn a lot about a person's character the first time they meet Jacob. Mm. And it's very clear to me very early on whether or not this is somebody that I want in my life. Wow. Have you been turned off by people? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, I can give you an example of just please the beautiful because this just happened. Jacob graduated. We put a graduation sign in front of the house. And two different sets of neighbors within a couple of hours of each other. Um, and I mean, I can count on one hand how many interactions. You know, I've, I've barely, these are brand new people. Yeah. You know, that I've spoken to a handful of times. We're getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And every indication to me, you know, thus far was they're kind. You know, they're nice people. But within just a couple of hours, one of them put a card and uh, like with with Target gift card in it in our mailbox and the other ones came by and gave him a card and a balloon. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For graduation. And he beamed. But just the way, you know, the thoughtfulness of that. I mean, the neighborhood that I lived in for 17 years, I don't know if that ever happened. Wow. So... Um, Seems like you're in a good place. I think you're so. in the right place. I think so. So, I mean, that was just a huge indicator to me. Mm-hmm. And every time we're out walking in the neighborhood, everyone addresses him and everybody asks him how he's doing. And, you know, Jacob, you know, he, he, 
can be difficult to understand if you don't know what topic you're on and know exactly where he's going, right? Some yeah. of the words just aren't clear. And he, they they strain to understand. They try to understand. They want to know what he's saying so that they can either answer his question or continue wow. the conversation. And so that, to me, is just like, these are good people. My God, these are good people. You found your people. Yeah, these are You're good. You're a good these person. You're good great. people. And, you know, I just feel so good to be around good people. And you spend time around good people and you see the shit that's going on in the world and you're like, I just can't, how is this happening? It doesn't need to be this way. It doesn't have to be this. You know, I feel so spoiled because I talk about this all the time, but Telluride was a lot like that. It's like a whole community of people who just give a shit. They just fucking care about life and they try. And there are obviously some thorns, but it really shows you the um, capabilities of humanity and that then you come back to the world and like it doesn't have to be like this yeah it really doesn't no and then you have to interact with all these people and you're like ah no this doesn't fit well at all you guys aren't no 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 but then you have to you know yeah Hmm. it's so much about meeting people where they are i mean there are so many things that i don't understand you know complicated Concepts and theories and philosophies. No, you don't have to, but do you feel the pressure? No, I don't. But, you know, for someone to teach me those things, they're going to have to meet me where I am. Mm -hmm. They can't just teach so far above me that it's impossible for me to grasp. And I, you know, this people are just at different places in their journey. Of consciousness, mm-hmm. right on this planet. On this planet, there's actually something called the spiral dynamic, spiral dynamic dynamics, that kind of explains all of the different levels of where people are and how they see the world and how they respond to the world and how they are in the world. And it's really easy to look at the descriptions and go, "Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, now I understand how my parents are thinking because this is obviously the yeah. category in which they fall." Okay, now they make more sense to me. Mm-hmm. And what can get troublesome is when somebody that's living a more conscious life looks down upon people who aren't living as consciously. Yeah, and then that person's not conscious. To a degree they are. If not fully. I yeah. mean, there's different levels. You know, there's there's different levels. I mean, don't you know people that are very conscious worldly but kind of have shitty people skills sometimes? Mm-hmm. You know? It's a, it's a big, it's a big, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's just a little bit more conscious than you. <laughs> True. <laughs> right? But, I mean, I think it's really, it can get really easy for people. I mean, like we were just saying, I mean, you know, we look at, the world and we're like it doesn't have to be like this but for those people in those moments in those moments yes it does because that's where they are yeah and so how do people who can see further back see the bigger picture look at these situations and meet them where they are to help pull them out of it so they're not suffering as much Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Is it, yes, it makes okay. complete sense. So that's those are questions that I'm constantly <laughs> that are running through my mind a lot. Yeah. That I, you know, I want to because I mean we're seeing it. We're seeing it every day, every with between coronavirus, mm-hmm. shit that's going on in in Minneapolis that is just un. You are paving your yes. You know, there's all of all of these things that are happening, and it's it's easy for us to look at it and go, that shit is crazy right mm-hmm. and okay yes it is and if i can see a bigger better picture what part can i play in making it better for those who are suffering you are um you're on a whole you are i, I have a lot of questions natalie you do <laughs> i don't like i hate i like <laughs> I like I just like respect you so much. I'm like I don't want to say anything to ever disrespect you. You are like finding your path. You are like I feel like you are you asking asking these questions like what what can you do? Like it will come to you. Yeah, you know I think so too. And you're doing just you know doing the work. Well, the thing about it is, 
um, is that you're asking the questions or these questions are coming up in your mind mm. and you're answering them. You're looking, you're searching for the answer. Yeah. Like not everybody does that. Right. Like I know that like sometimes I look at people and I'm so jealous of their just basic happiness. Like this is great. <laughs> Kids going to school. I went to Target today. Ignorance wa- is bliss kind yeah. of existence. <laughs> Met my steps goal yeah. <laughs> on my watch. Tonight I'm going to make chicken for dinner and we're going to Florida for vacation. I love this. And I'm, and they're like legit really happy. Yeah. Like I wish. How did I get so complicated in all of this? You know what I mean? Because I followed the unhappy to figure out why I was, you know what I mean? And wanted Something to, happened yes. to you. I mean, wanted when to keep something happens to you, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, you have choices. I mean, you could be a victim to it, mm-hmm. be angry and blame others for what's going on. You can sit around and drink, get high, pick an addiction, go there. Wallow. Yeah, that's 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 an option. Um, you could own your responsibility in it. And responsibility is different than fault, you know. Yes. You just things think- can happen to you, you know, really shitty things can happen yes. to you that are not your fault. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And you have and now the responsibility is yours as to what you do with that. Yeah. And I love that responsibility. I th- it's such an opportunity. As you say, it's an invitation. <laughs> it's an invitation. It is. And it can be very empowering when you choose to see it that way. Yeah. When you choose to say, hey, I have control over what becomes of this because mm-hmm. I have choices. Yeah. Yeah. And so the other choice or another big one is to ask a lot of questions and try to figure out the meaning of the shitty thing that just happened yeah. and what you can learn from it and how you can grow from it and how you can be a better person. I mean, I I would probably have dabbled in in spirituality of some type, you know. I would have asked some questions, but I never I don't believe that I would have asked as many questions if Jacob wouldn't have shown up in my life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that really that started it all. I can't imagine. I mean, I think it, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, number one, I would really like to meet Jen Jordan before Jacob, just to see who it was like. Like, I love hearing about your life, and you're like, oh, I was a cheerleader, and then I got this, like, your your senior picture, you're like, on, like your Mustang convertible. It was a Camaro, Camaro. with Tita. That's even, like, that's so cool. And you're like, on my way to cheerleading practice, I got my license off when I was 16. I'm like, what? Who is that girl? That is awesome. Right? It's funny. Oh my gosh! Funny. I think it's so so cool. I love how you like. You're my favorite person to talk to about this stuff and get super mm-hmm. super deep with it. I do like as you say, like as your tribe. I have friends who just don't. I'm the longest friends. They just have no idea what to say when I want to talk about this type of stuff. You know, and um, I think it's a real blessing. By the way, mm. very grateful for it. Mm, I mm-hmm. love it too. For sure. When I was younger and mm-hmm. in high school, I like just wore athletic clothes and like drove a Chevy Lumina that only had one hubcap <laughs> and like one rear view mirror. And I went to a school where like it was the shittiest car <laughs> in the parking lot everywhere I went. And did you care? Yes, I you did. did. You did. I did. I cared a lot. Yeah. yeah. What I bothered to- you about it? I, I care a lot about. I used to care a lot about status. Now, to me, um, when I when I earn. Because I feel very empowered that I'm like pretty, I would say pretty much self-made. My mom gave me $900 once when I was 19. Other than that, you've been on your own? Yeah, paid for since, for, I mean, since I moved out, I paid for everything myself. And um, including school. Thank you, student loans, still paying on those. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I feel very, um, wait, hold on. Now I forget where where I was going. What was I saying? I got Sidetrack. Talk about why it was important to you. You said, Oh, yeah, status stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, I cared a lot. I went to a school and the way I was brought up, that just everyone had more money than I did. And that was really valued in my home life. And I just never had as much as anybody else. And I cared so much. And now Mm -hmm. looking back at behaviors and things that I've done over the past, it was like, Oh, Nat, you like cared so much about that. (laughs) And then somehow over the years, I can't pinpoint when I stopped caring, Mm -hmm. but it just, the, the, the caring shifted. 
Now to me, it's if I earn, like I earned that on my own, then I can, that I, I did this. Mm-hmm. I earned this fancy thing or this nice thing or, you know, and it has nothing to do, to me, it's just freedom. It has nothing to do with like, I don't care. Like, I mean, I drive like the shittiest car now. I still have the <laughs> shittiest car in the driveway, but I just don't care anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I think just realizing that that stuff really makes no difference. That's I mean, cool. I don't say no difference, but like you're still the same person getting in a nice car as you are in a, for, for instance, you know, in a shitty one. What is important to you now? What has replaced status? Um, love and sense of self. Self-love more than <laughs> anything else. And creating a life full of love that I just want to be a part of. Like, I feel like, you know, that I just, mm-hmm. I just want to be happy and 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 I want to do what makes me happy. And I feel very fortunate that, for the most part, our jobs give me all of these opportunities to do things that I truly love. And I feel very, 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 very blessed and fortunate. Because I never thought that this job, to me, was just, like, handed to me. Mm-hmm. And I just... But I think it's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. How long have you been here now? Almost three years. Is it really? Isn't that fucked up? It is. It goes yeah. fast, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What makes you happy? What does that mean to you? Um, got a quiet mind. Oh. Because mm. if I've got that, if I am calm and centered and grounded then everything is easy and fun. Yeah. Do you know what you said to me maybe a year ago, probably more than a year ago? Um, I was saying how I, at the time, would drink on purpose Diet Coke against my will, like 60 ounces of it, as I sit next to this right now. But um, <laughs> um, because I thought that I created a personality on air that sometimes I'm just chilling, especially mm-hmm. after yoga and I'm all zen and I'm crying because I'm grateful my shoes are clean or something, you know, mm-hmm. or like, ah, that bird is beautiful. Oh my God, you know? And then I get on air and I'm not like crazy Natalie. So I thought that I had to be crazy Natalie. So I would drink a whole bunch of Diet Coke to fuck that shit up and uh-huh. get into a crazy place. And I was saying it to you in a way that was like, I don't want to be doing this, but like I'm begrudgingly doing this because this is who I've created. And you said, it doesn't have to be that way. And I was like, I didn't believe you. I was like, yeah, but it does. But it does. And you're like, no, it's finding it. Like you said, like through the process of calming down is when it like really starts. Something along those lines. I forget exactly your wordage. And I think about that all the time. And it's taken me a long time. And I feel like I'm still on that journey, but now aware of it. Of yeah. just calming down and still being true and good to oh, yeah. yourself. You I know? mean, I'm still on that journey, too. I'm 32 years in. I hope that doesn't discourage you. Anyway. <laughs> I'm lucky I know you. I get but to learn the best all the time. <laughs> but I mean, even just, you know, having this conversation here in the studio because of all of the conditioning of being a radio person forever and ever, I'm sitting at a desk where there's a board and computer screens and a microphone in my face. I'm obviously in a studio. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the... The training kicks in, and it's like, talk faster, Mm -hmm. make your point, let's keep it moving. Yeah, I I mean, all of that, you know, is something that has to be overcome. Mm -hmm. Just to relax. Definitely. Yeah, you feel, I mean, you know that. The mic's yeah. on. It's like, okay, I better wake up. Hey, la, 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 yes, hi. And it's it's uh-huh. not that it isn't you, and mm. it's not that it's not me. It's just a more Radio. bigger version of me. Right? A louder, faster version. Well, that's your, that is your professional, you know, everyone says, like, I remember when I first got this job, I was like, I know nothing about pop culture. I don't listen to pop music. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this job. And a friend said to me, like, it's your job. Like, I'm a doctor. When I go into work, I'm doctor mode. You don't know me as that. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's just what you, you know what I mean? And it's just different that ours happens to be on this other platform where you know, I'm, I'm glad see. that, well, you know, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, the I'm never, I'm never not myself. True. When I'm mm-hmm. on, I'm, I might be different versions of myself because there, there are 
believed at least limitations in my mind that mm-hmm. there are just some things. I mean, obviously we can't say fuck on the air. Yeah. So you I know, love saying fuck in this podcast. I though. know. Isn't it great? Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so there are laws mm-hmm. and, and then there are, you know, just some things that don't play on the radio in some people's opinions who are in charge. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And in my mind as well, it's like, oh, I would really love to say that right now, but we don't have time or this, you know, this isn't the path that we want to take this down or this isn't the mm-hmm. the conversation that we had planned to have. Do you sometimes say it anyway? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say fuck, but I say the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be like in a moment and be like, I'm not, I shouldn't say this, shouldn't say this. I'm going to uh, do it yeah, anyway. <laughs> but wouldn't it be amazing? What would it be like? Okay. What would it be like to be able to be like that 24 hours a day? <sighs> Great. And still be able to do work and, and you know, get paid. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But you know, there's some like podcasts that I've listened to. And if they are because they aren't as polished or it, it's not as, it doesn't, to me, I, I don't like it. It doesn't. And that, that was, I have thought that since before, since radio, before radio was even mm-hmm. in the picture, you know? I feel like if you go to radio, then you have a, you know, an expectation mm-hmm. that you want it to be a certain thing. Just like as you go to a doctor, you want them to be some level of professionalism mm-hmm. because you trust them because they fit into that category. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that those lines are really blurred now, obviously, with like XM and what do you, what do you listen to? Uh, you know, if Jacob's in the car, we're listening to Q102 because that mm. is the only radio station that of course. he will listen to. And so I hear a lot <laughs> of you in the afternoon. <laughs> I always forget that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I listen to you in the morning a lot as well. I'm not in my car as a lot of, a lot of the afternoon. I'm, I've, yeah. I could ask you for pointers, but please don't. I can't handle it right now. <laughs> but, you know, I'll listen. I, you know. For shits and giggles, I mean, I was in high school in the 80s, so 80s music entertains me greatly. And then I was just living the party lifestyle on the radio in the 90s, so all of that music. Nice, CMC you know. Music Factory. Oh, yeah, Pump you bet you. <laughs> oh, all of that. So that's yeah, that's fun for me to to listen to, too. But, I, you know, I'll listen to, <laughs> I'll put on when I'm home. <laughs> Do you ever listen to like the cable channels that are all music? You know, like they have the holiday channel. I used the... to. Okay. I do not have the cable channels now. Well, channel nine forty three is Soundscapes. Ooh, what is Soundscapes? Oh, new age music. Nice. Oh yeah. So oh, is yeah. it like um, Moby and like Enya? Is that new age? It's more. It's people you've never heard of, probably. Oh, awesome. But but more along the lines of an Enya. Yeah. Yes, kind of thing. There'll be some chanting here yes. and there, and some the shit. You know, you'll you hear it. You'll go. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Jacob loves it. Really? He turns it on. And he has it on. Like, I've been going to bed before him because he's decided now that he's 18, he wants to stay up until 11 o'clock. You get it, boy. So I'll go to bed before him, and he'll have that on. Wow. Not hilarious. Yeah. Do you think that's because um, they make vibrations similar to those that match his vocals and his speech? Could be. Pathology? Is that the correct word you Could use be. for pathology? Yes, or even vibrationally, you know. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's in alignment with him. What do you see in Jacob's future? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, I can only, I think anything's possible for sure. I mean, this kid surprises me every single day. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think we are really, really, I, I, for the first time, I'm really, first time in a long time, really, really feeling like what's going on inside his brain that he isn't able to communicate that we are getting closer to finding out everything. Really? I do. That's I a cool do. feeling. It is a cool feeling. It's it's there's this hesitancy just because, you know, we've been down a lot of roads, a lot of treatment roads where you get your hopes up and think this is it. This is the one. This is it. And every single one of them was a huge benefit in one way shape or form. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um and we're still missing this one little piece because I do I, th- I think he is fully there I think he is fully competent I think that he understands absolutely everything that is going on around him that he is fully engaged in receiving the information yeah. and 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 just he has a body that just can't get it out and so 
he's learning to um, answer questions on a keyboard. And it's way more complicated than just, oh, so he can spell his answers. Well, now we, we're actually training his body because there's a breakdown between the brain and the Mm-hmm. And and the body the body isn't doing what the brain is trying to tell it to do, and so we are training his body to do the things that, and it's exhausting for him. Yeah. You know, it's it's teaching a rewiring. muscle. It's yeah, it's a complete rewiring, and and you know, teaching muscles to do things they don't want to do, and going against impulse, and going. So talk about listening and patience and learning. It's wow. It is really. Um, a fascinating experience and to see him like answer some questions that were kind of like, you know, there was a time I would have never believed that he knew that answer. Obviously he knows that answer. He knows that. So it's, you know, what is he, what is he really capable of? I don't think we know yet, but I think we will know soon. What do you, do you think you know everything you're capable of? Do I think I know everything I'm capable yeah, like, of? How do you see no. your future? No. No, I don't. There's a lot of... And Mama, see, I want to hold space for you, but I just want to say that <laughs> you haven't even started in my mind. What <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll see. I just, I know what I'm passionate about. I know what I love to talk about. I know what I love to read about. I know mm-hmm. what I love to do with my time. And so right now... I'm just trying to make time for all of those things because I believe the more I do those things, the future, I don't even have to worry about it. It's just all going to fall right into place and take care of itself. And the choices to be made will be obvious ones. Does life seem easy to you? Like you got it figured out? Like you got a good grip on it? It's as easy as I decide to make it in each moment. I can cause myself a lot of trouble. I can, I can have a, two-minute interaction early in the day affect the entire freaking day because I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop replaying it in my mind. Mm -hmm. I can't stop arguing for the horrible things that were done or said to me. (laughs) Yeah, It's easy to get get caught up in that, and I will. So when I'm not having an easy time, it's it's me doing it. I think, you know, what, there you go. Well, you're not blaming anyone. No, because hey. it's not that. I mean, I, I am, mm-hmm. and I know it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that's and, and that's not to let other people off the hook because, you know, people can be assholes. Mm-hmm. And what they did wasn't. Someone recently mistreated me, and I fired back with a bunch of just mean things. Yeah. I did it. I, a lot of them were lies. I just made up just to hurt this person yeah. in the moment. And um, we've come full circle. I mean, the, the person knew that it was lies, you know, but I was just so hurt. I needed to spit fire to even tip the iceberg, you know. And then I called my friend the next day and was like, I just feel like the biggest piece of crap. I can't believe I did this. She was like, and I was like, most mostly because I just made it all up. Like, I was just being mean. Like, I just, I don't lie. I don't do That's that. That's the most entertaining when you somebody know? is really losing their shit yes. over something that never even <laughs> happened to begin with, right? That they totally made up. I'm just being mean. <laughs> and um, and she was like, well, you know what? Like, you're an honest person. Your emotions were high. And she goes, and also, sometimes people just need a swift kick in the dick. <laughs> and I think it's okay. And I was like, you know what? You're actually right. Sometimes people do. Doesn't mean that I want to be the one to give that to them, or you know, all the time. But um, sometimes they just need a kick in the dick. Yeah, you know. They called me the Nutcracker in the fifth grade because I used to do that to boys on the playground when they pissed me off. <laughs> you would actually kick them in the dick. I would kick them in the dick. <laughs> I got several talking tos as a child. You could really hurt a boy. Oh my god! What were you like as a kid? Um, because as, you're an only well, child. Only child. I was. Tomboyish in that I, you know, I like to get dirty. I like swimming in lakes. But you're a like, super hot tomboy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would not say super hot. I was, I was cute. Mm-hmm. I was athletic, mm. um, cheerleader, kind of thing. Freckles, mullet, huh. nice with a perm. You know, the, the perm yeah. in the back yeah. is sexy. Those were sexy at the time, and also yeah. freckles. I think are the most beautiful thing in the world. <laughs> 
<laughs> Love that. But I mean, I was a good kid. I mean, it, it was a small town. So, I mean, I went to two parties in high school that I drank at and two, got, two and got caught like a couple of days after. Yeah. It's like I went to the party on Saturday. On Monday, someone had told, you know, my mom and dad were, everybody knew my mom and dad. And so it got back to them that Jenny was at Ralph Boffman's house and she was drinking. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we got away with it the night of. Mm -hmm. But then, so I didn't get into any kind of trouble. Um, I was persistent. My parents didn't stand a chance, really. <laughs> persistent in your decisions? In my, what I wanted. Ah, and, okay. Um, persistent until I got it. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm getting, Jacob is paying me back in a lot of ways. This good student. We sh- shit didn't go sideways till my 20s. Yeah? That's when the wildness happened. Is that when you moved away from home? That's when I lived in Tampa. Yeah. Tampa yeah. just sounds like, I've been to Tampa, um, but only a couple times, and it was like on a very adult weekend getaway mm, thing, you mm, know, mm-hmm. um, with like low-key steakhouses, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but everything I've ever heard about Tampa is just craziness. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially then. And I was working at radio. I had fake boobs and a convertible and, yeah. you know, hosting like parties at treat. nightclubs. It was great. As a little kid, that's like, that's what I wanted. But it, like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's like the stuff I would see. Like, that just sounds, it looks like so much fun. Like, these beautiful people doing these things. Like, uh-huh. Always been in, uh, well, glad to know that you live that life. If, if, yeah, if you're an image conscious person, that mm-hmm. can be really destructive. Yeah. It can oh, be because yeah. there's just so many beautiful people. Mm-hmm. And if you are someone that likes to be noticed, getting noticed in a crowd of beautiful people. Oh, yeah. Can make you. Doesn't happen. Crazy. Well, it can make you crazy trying. I mean, mm-hmm. between the plastic surgeries and the tanning and the hair and the and the nails and the yeah and the Botox and the and it's still like that now. I guess the, it is. I, you yeah. know, I would guess it probably is just because you know the environment is ripe for that. It's you're you're wearing no clothes most of the year because yeah. it's just too freaking hot to wear mm-hmm. a sweatshirt. Yeah, there's nothing to hide under. Yeah, um, <laughs> so yeah, you. I mean, if I were still living there, I'd be thin. I think like when I lived in LA, it was the most humbling thing in the world. Because mm-hmm. everywhere I've been, I've always made a splash on accident. And as like a kid, I hated getting. I mean, I, I love attention, but I just got it naturally. I didn't have to try. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of times, I would like hate myself for call calling attention to myself again. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm just being me. You know what I mean? And then I moved, and then same with in Telluride, everyone has a lot of attention and got attention. And then anyway, but then I moved to L.A., and it was the best, most humbling experience ever. <laughs> and that's when you realize, oh, girl, you got a big butt. You're from Ohio. Nobody <laughs> gives a fuck. No, but also just like as a human to realize, like, hey, there are always other people on the spectrum from all the different, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, I thought it was a cool swift kick in the dick for me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very grateful for that experience. Yeah. And but also if I live there still, I'd be way into it. Yeah. 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 It's contagious. Mm-hmm. And when you start to notice, because you start to notice that people don't pay attention to you. Mm. Unless you're, you've got something. Yeah. That's interesting to look at. Oh. In a beautiful way. Did you get your boobs when you were there? Yes. You felt, because you felt that you needed to, to like oh, keep I did. up? Because I got, I had gotten really, I got down to like 120 pounds. I was oh wearing, God. yeah, I was wearing like a size zero. Wow. I know. It was wild. It was crazy. But no matter what, I, I always felt like my, you know, hips and my butt looked big because I was disproportionate. I had like a 34B cup and I, I wanted 36 Full C, so yeah. I went in and Big I old got me some <laughs> got me some tig old bitties, and uh, they were amazing. Oh my god, the way my clothes fit! Oh, those little dresses! Oh, the ones I remember. I had a couple that like zipped all the way up, uh-huh. and to be able to pull it like right. I mean, just where my boobs were pretty much just falling out of them. Yeah, there there is an incredible amount of um, power. Yeah. In that when, because I, I would work these nightclubs and I would wear these really ridiculous outfits with the really high heels. I would have the yeah. hair going. And, you know, it's, 
you know when you're being noticed. Yeah. And I would get noticed. And it would be really, I I never waited for a drink. Yeah. Never waited in line. For sure. For sure. You know, just mm-hmm. different things are afforded to you. And you have that experience. And it sticks with you. Especially if you gain a bunch of weight and dye your hair red and then walk right back into those same clubs or be around those same people and it doesn't, none of the old charms work anymore. Did that happen in Tampa? It did. Did you have Jacob in Tampa? Um, He was a year old when we moved here. So, yeah. But I mean, I gained weight after I got married. I Uh. I put on a bunch of weight after I got married and- and then I got pregnant and I gained 80 pounds in six months. Whoa. Yeah. Were you like eating feelings or was oh, just I like Oh, I was natural? eating everything. I, yeah. was in, I was on bed rest. I can remember I would make my husband go to McDonald's twice in one day. Wow. Because I just had to have another milkshake. I was just so miserable that I was yeah. totally eating my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and I was on bed rest. Once they released me from bed rest and I went back to work mm-hmm. just to pop in and say hi to people because I hadn't had Jacob yet. Yeah. And and I was ready to burst any moment. And I'm sitting there and one of my best friends in the building, a dude, an engineer, walked right up. I didn't say anything. I was just smiling at him. He looks at me. He walks up. He stands right next to me. Doesn't acknowledge me at all. Starts having a conversation with somebody behind me. He did not even realize it was me. Wow. And I looked at him and I'm like, hello. And the look on his face when he realized. Mortified. Man, that, then it's like, that's a wake up call too. Yeah. You wow. Know? Wow. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Well, maybe, uh, I've never been that hot to under to get any I wasn't sort of... that hot. I mm. was, you know, it, having a microphone in your hand. Yeah, well, that Helps. is cool, too. too. I did talk about empowerment. I did work at a strip club once. Nice. And only for one night. I was just a uh, cocktail waitress. It wasn't really my thing. But the coolest thing about it was I just loved walking around in my underwear and wearing heels. <laughs> I didn't know anyone. It was in a city where I was just I was just there. I did it for the night. My parents still don't know. Good thing they don't listen to this. Uh, but I love telling the story. But I, I, it was just cool to be like, I'm freaking wearing my underwear and heels, just walking around. Yeah, this is awesome. Kind of freeing. Yeah, <laughs> incredibly freeing. And then, um, and then, then, like, I did burlesque and have like done stuff like that, like similar. And talk about the empowerment and the freedom that, like, it just doesn't. You know, it's cool. I think that's super, super, yeah, super yeah. cool. Well, one day I keep saying every year on my birthday, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna get that size four bod back actually i've never been a size four i've just started at a five just that's where i started when by the time straight I, out of youth yes and, uh, <laughs> by the time i got to sizes that were numbers that's what it was when it was like from medium it just was yeah that, that's you know? funny yeah i say it too i say it too i mean that's my food and shopping are my next two big projects mm. get over that well, the thing is, you never get over it. You just got to learn to live with it and That's redirect right. that energy because that energy is always going to be there. You know? Yeah. You just got to learn what to do with it. I will never not love chocolate. Really? <laughs> good for you. People always say that. And cake. Uh, and, ooh, and cake's good too. Yeah. I think, um, uh, yeah, it goes like, I think I'll just never not love wine or like tequila. Like, I just love finishing the day with a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Most days, you know? Mm-hmm. Not every day, but most days. Mm-hmm. Quitting the cigarettes was a challenge, for sure. Still a challenge all the time, you know? Did you ever get that book? Did I tell you the book to get for that? Oh, shit, yeah, you did. Easy way to stop smoking. I'll buy that right at Because I smoked for 20 years. I read that book. Smoked my ceremonial last cigarette, never picked up another. That's what, and you're not the first person that's told me this. And then I'll have conversations like this in the moment, be like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then like turn around, like, la di da di da. Whatever. <laughs> you always say, don't give advice. But I think that's why I exercise so much, is because it, it helps redirect my moods. I'm very mm-hmm. moody. Like my physical my, movement is important. Yes. It totally changes the whole, the whole vibe. Like most days, more than not, I wake up in um, my body's already having a panic attack for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. and then you just gotta run and like shake, get it out, get it out, (laughs) you know, that'll hump with all the other stuff. Wow. Well, Jen, Jordan, you want to do this again soon? Sure, anytime. Maybe we can tell more stories. We always talk about 
Having a, a storytelling podcast? Oh, yeah, we have stories. I mean, we could go for days. <laughs> days. <laughs> I have a feeling yours are better. Mm-mm-mm. I do. I have feel- You got some juicy shit. Well, you know what? I think it's because I make poor decisions. I want. I used to go to a <laughs> used to go to a shaman in Telluride, uh-huh. and um, he. Uh, I remember on one of my first days, he goes, "Number one, you got to stop partying so much." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." And then um, <laughs> no, but I took it seriously. And then like number two, I I was saying like, "Well, you know, I just like make some like weird decisions sometimes in life." <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes. Bad decisions, Natalie. Those are called bad decisions, and you make them often. And I started laughing. I was like, well, I mean, like, I'm still here. I'm still alive. Like, I still have a job. You know what I mean? Like, and he was like, I think you need to raise your st- bad decisions, Nat. I was like, all right. I, I like to look at decisions not as good or bad, mm-hmm. but as effective and ineffective. Exactly. Is, it, is that decision getting you to the place that you really want to be, or is it moving you in the opposite direction? I think that's a good Richter skill to have, because I like to be like, who says what's right and wrong or normal? Like, normal doesn't exist. I can do whatever I want to. Every human being can do whatever they want. This is the way I choose to do life. I think it's dope. Not all the time. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Anyway. Back <laughs> for days. I do. Well, this is fun. This was fun. And mm-hmm. I do want to say that I was so nervous to do this. So Why? Thank you. Because I just think the world of you and wanted to make mm-hmm. it the best possible, the best thing you've ever experienced. <laughs> Ever. Well, it was, ever. Natalie. Thank it you. was the best thing ever. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but for real, thank you so much. And uh, I, I really hope we'll do this again soon. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, bye.